reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Does Sports. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740. We'll always follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Doing the Favor. And with me, as always, my co-host, the Husky Heartthrob, the sexual intellectual, not a Wisconsin Badger, even though he lives in Wisconsin, my man, Barry Frost. How you doing, Barry? Doing well, brother. Tennessee. Wrapping the volunteers, as always. You know I represent those Buckeyes. Which is disgusting. Like a true, like any Ohioan should. <laughs> I'll rep the Bobcats. We're going to talk about a little Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about Daniel, Jer- Daniel Jeremiah ranking the top 50 college prospects. We're going to talk about the quarterback carousel, which is always fun. But first, the big news, we're going to start off with the conference championship games. Yeah, the NFC Championship, the AFC Championship, they were played on Sunday, January 24th. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Green Bay to play the Packers. Tampa Bay being the five seed, Green Bay being the one seed. We were really excited. I was so excited for Championship Sunday, man. So excited about it. I was pumped all day. I feel like I had to wait because the game's going to start till after 3 o'clock, so I feel like I had to wait forever. But to me, it was definitely worth it. First up, we have the Packers. At Bucks, Buccaneers up getting the win, 31 to 26. I'll pull up some of the stats here. A little underwhelming from Tom Brady, 20 to 36, 283 touchdowns, three picks. Fournette, 12 carries, 55 yards. Godwin, five catches, 110. On the Green Bay side, you have Aaron Rodgers, 33 to 48, 346, three touchdowns and a pick. Aaron Jones, six six carries for 27 yards. Jamal Car- Williams, seven carries for 23. And then Valdez Scantling, four catches, 115. Devontae Adams, nine for 67. Um, a lot to talk about here, man. A lot to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and let you start. You live in Wisconsin. What's the vibe with the game? Oh, my goodness. It was uh, madness. Complete, you know, insanity. The, these folks out here were, you know, this is Green Bay's year. You know, me and you. Me and you were texting throughout, and I was like, man, I'm in Wisconsin. I got to, you know, stay optimistic here. You know, I don't want to get jumped or beat up you gotta here. Live, you got to live amongst these people. Right? I got to live amongst these fucking hoodlums. So, uh, yeah, it, and I knew Tampa Bay had to jump on them early. They did. Um, and, and Green Bay, to their credit, they bounced back. But, you know... Tampa Bay basically went wire to wire. They were up the entire game minus a tie or something. Um, and Rodgers threw that costly pick there. I mean, his his first pick in how, how long, you know, proved costly. And Should have been Tampa, pass interference. You know, and which to me, the way they called the game, if you don't call that, you can't call the one that ended the game. Because the one that ended the game was 
nothing nothing compared to the the pick that we're talking about. They let those dudes play the whole game. The whole game, which I I applaud the rest for the entire game. They let them play the whole time. Yeah. Let's get to the end of the first. Let's start with the end of the first half. Yep. It might have been off that that Rogers interception. Green Bay has it what third and third and long. We'll call it third and long. End of the first half, they have seconds left to go. Maybe too long. Maybe not enough time to like get a quick play and then a field goal. I'm not sure what their timeout situation was. But basically, uh, Tampa ahead. Bay had six seconds and one timeout. Okay. So the golden rule in the NFL is field goals take five seconds. Well, you got to have, you know, six seconds is kind of a line to get a play, right? Yeah. It's got to be a quick slant down timeout. It's You're relying on the clock operator to be on point. You're relying on a lot of things to go perfectly for you to get a few more yards in six seconds as opposed to just they chose to just take a shot at the end zone because you don't want to leave any time on the clock just in case you get Aaron Rodgers in a Hail Mary situation, which you obviously want to avoid with his history of that play. Mike Pret- Mike Petton, ex-Cleveland Browns coach, for whatever reason, they can only go sidelines or the end zone. And they just they played everybody up, didn't have any safeties deep. And I believe the kid's name is Scotty Miller. Yeah, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller for a 39-yard touchdown just toasted Kevin King, which is a theme this entire game for yeah. Kevin King out of Iowa. Abused. Just got absolutely abused. So that's a big point swing. That's terrible. And then Green Bay gets the ball to start second half. Aaron Jones fumbled, and they lose him the rest of the game. To which... You know, the, the, so Tampa Bay got two touchdowns off off turnovers. Yep. Okay. Then you get to the second half. Let me give you Tom Brady's second half numbers real quick. Seven of fourteen for three interceptions. They couldn't capitalize off that. No, obviously they, they did. They have a they running did. game. They kind of abandoned that. They were down a lot of points to get so the flow of the game. Says you got to abandon the running game. Aaron Rodgers, I don't see really having a bad game. I, there was a lot of talk after this game of all oh, this playoff Aaron Rodgers, all this what he does in the playoffs. That was all across the internet. I didn't see it. I watched the fucking game. And then, so they're driving down to, they're down, the Packers are down eight, they pronouns. Packers are down eight. They drive down the field with a little over two minutes left. And they get a goal-to-go situation, can't gain any yards, so they're sitting at fourth and eight. Now, on third and eight, I really thought – now, if you remember the play I'm talking about where Aaron Rodgers kind of dips out of the pocket, he had so much grass to his right. Yeah, and he forced it back to Adams. He forced it back across his body to Devontae Adams in double coverage that almost got picked. Yeah. I feel like that if he gains three yards there, the decision, which I thought the decision was fairly easy anyway, but obviously not easy enough for Matt LaFour. I feel like fourth and five, you go for it. Easy. No no questions asked. Fourth and eight, I still go for it. He chose to kick a field goal and give the ball back to make it 31-26 and give the ball back to Tom Brady with two minutes left, count on your defense to get a stop. Now, they've, got, they've generated a lot of turnovers in the second half, but not so much as far as like three and outs. My thought process was you go for it on fourth down. Instead of kick the field goal, you don't get it. 
Worst case scenario, Tampa Bay is still inside the 10. You stuff them, you get the ball back around the 50. Uh-huh. Nope. They kick the field goal, kick it off, and then count on their defense, which is something the Packers have not been able to do all year long, instead of letting see if their Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time, top 10 quarterback in the history of this league, can make a play. They took the ball out of the Hall of Famer's hands and put the game in the defense's hands. I thought that was egregious at best. No, what they did was, you know, and my thing is, do you want to give the ball back to the box with two minutes left and pray for a stop? Or do you give Aaron Rodgers one more throw from the eight yard line to try to tie the game, you know, to score and then, you know, go for two and Count try on to a two tie point the conversion too, by the way, there's no difference between six points and three points right there. Right. Cause it None. comes down to the two point conversion. Right. No. So if, you, if they get the ball back, not at midfield, probably on your side of the field after a kickoff, you still got to go the length of the field pretty much. Right. You got to get the ball in the end zone with, a, what, a minute left? Yeah. I know Aaron Rodgers. If you trust Aaron Rodgers in that situation, why don't you trust him at fourth and eight? Yeah. And like you said is, you know, you take the ball out of your Hall of Fame quarter, you know, quarterback's hands – well, you're putting it in another fucking Hall of Fame quarterback's hands. The greatest well, of all the, time. Yeah. And you think there's number one on the list of the top ten lists I just gave you. Yeah, there's no that that ball ain't touching the air. It's getting handed off. He's gonna make you use your timeouts. And then, like I said, he throws that that pass and they call pass interference and that's the ball game. And that pass interference I thought was I thought it was a pass interference. He pulled the undershirt. I don't think it impeded the receiver as much as what you would think by looking at that, the frozen still frame picture. Right. You know but, what I mean? It wasn't to where, you know, Murphy Bunting grabbed Lazard's shoulder and pulled him back. Where Kevin King was just getting toasted like he has been all game and just reached for anything. Yeah. And that's the thing is if, if you were calling it ticky tack touchy the whole game and you make that call fine, nobody can say nothing. Yeah, you, you can't had, pick and choose when you, you can't pick and choose with spots in the game when you're gonna blow the whistle or when yeah. you're gonna throw the flag. And especially with fucking in a, the NFC championship on the line, uh, to me, the referees played a big role uh, in Brady getting to his tenth Super Bowl again. Again. And just and how quickly can things change in the NFL? By the way, going <laughs> into the game on Sunday. We're talking about MVP Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers to a Super Bowl. Then after the game, his future's all of a sudden unclear. You know, he, he um, by his standards, he's underpaid. Yeah, he's, and I know that sounds crazy to say, but quarterbacks are making close to forty million now. Right, and the crazy thing is, he probably is. He's, outperform- he's outperformed his contracts. There's talks of him wanting a contract extension. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round last year. We all know what that means for 37-year-old quarterbacks. Well, he ain't your, you know, 37-year. And Matt LaFleur has even said, you know, Rodgers has to come back. Uh, I don't think, you know, like I said, I don't think Rodgers will go anywhere. 
these motherfuckers will riot if they get rid of Aaron Rodgers and throw in Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers probably just had the best season of his career without winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. He also did not show up on the injury report one time all season and did not miss any practices. So, right now, the guy's a picture of health. Top of his game in the league where quarterbacks don't get touched like they used to. I mean, there's – we'll talk about the quarterback carousel later. Yeah. But there is teams all over the league that would sell the farm to get Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. And, and on the flip side – and what and another thing, too, what makes Aaron Rodgers' case in this situation probably gives him leverage. Look what Tom Brady just did. Yep. Motherfucker picked a random NFL team and was like, hey, y'all want to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> and and can I bring my bodies? You know? Can I bring a couple people with me? And they built that team around Tom Brady. Yep, his strengths yeah. and what he does well. And then you got the Packers, who last year lost the NFC Championship game, and use a first-round pick on a quarterback. That's just – it's it's mind-boggling. So you have your Aaron Rodgers – the team drafted a first-round quarterback, so they probably don't, in your eyes, might not be here. And the quarterback, the coach, doesn't completely trust you because he took the ball out of your hands in the conference championship game near the goal line. And it backfired. That's, and it backfired. Bad. And that Aaron Rodgers was unaware that was going to happen. And he, you know, it's... Sounds like there's a communication. I mean, we heard all week about how great the relationship was between LaFleur and Rodgers, and all of a sudden, that yeah. fell apart so goddamn quick. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, everybody was talking about how, you know, Aaron Rodgers, here they go. This is their year. They're going to Super Bowl. He beats Brady. Uh, all that, except for, you know, one guy on this show. I thought the, I thought the worst coaching decision in the game was going to be made by Mike Pettin in the first half. Matt LaFour said, no, 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 no. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. But you have Tom Brady in for his 10th Super Bowl in 21 seasons. That is – listen, I'm a Ohio State fan through and through. Brady went to Michigan. I can't even hate anymore. It's astonishing. Now, I'm a fan of a Browns team. And you guys all heard how ecstatic I was that we just made the playoffs and won a playoff game. This motherfucker's going to his 10th Super Bowl. That is, that's insane, man. Absolutely insane. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Packers in the offseason. That's going to be super intriguing up there. What was our, what was our picks on that one? You picked the Bucks. I picked the Packers. Next up, we have the Bills at Chiefs. This game is not as exciting to talk about. Um, I picked the Bills. You picked the Chiefs. There was thoughts that Mahomes might not play. He got cleared, I believe, the previous Wednesday or Thursday. So we made picks for with Mahomes, without Mahomes. We're just going to apply the without Mahomes, obviously. First off, kudos to the Buffalo Bills. I thought they came out. They they came down the field. They they kicked a field goal. Kansas City punted. Then Buffalo punted. Then Buffalo scored another touchdown. Buffalo was up ten nothing. 
Yeah, you know, nine, that, nine nothing. They missed that. Nine nothing. They missed, a, they missed a field goal. You're right. After Miko Hardman fumbled that punt near the goal line, gave Buffalo a really short field. Then Buffalo, then Kansas City touchdown. Buffalo punt. Kansas City touchdown. Buffalo punt. Kansas City touchdown. Buffalo field goal. End of half. Kansas City field goal. Buffalo field goal. Kansas City touchdown. Buffalo interception. Kansas City touchdown. Buffalo touchdown. Buffalo field goal. I see way too many field goals on the Buffalo side. Yeah, you ain't uh, you ain't beating Kansas City with field goals. Um, like I said, hell, they're down nine nothing, and I was I was sitting there watching the game. I was like, it's just like last year. They got to be down 10, 14, and then they'll be like, oh, okay, okay, we'll play now. Mm-hmm. And then they run off 21, 24 points. You know, and that's just insane that they have the. Josh- Go ahead. I'm sorry. That, I was just saying that they have the fucking talent to do. I mean, to it's like they turn it on when they want to, and they turn it off when they want to. Josh Allen came back to earth a little bit. He was 28 of 48 for 287, two touchdowns and a pick. He also led them in rushing, seven carries for 88 yards. We talked about that being a concern for them. Cole Beasley, he was playing on a broken fibula, by the way. Seven catches for 88 yards. Just. Stephon Diggs, six, six catches for 77. On the Chiefs' side, Mahomes, 29-38, 325, three touchdowns. Darrell Williams ran the ball 13 times for 52 yards. Hardman had a carry for 50. Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 172. Travis Kelsey, 13 catches, 118, two touchdowns on 15 targets. Wow. Listen, you want to beat these Chiefs? You gotta be aggressive. You gotta be like a fucking Madden player. <laughs> you got. I'm. I'm serious, dude. You're gonna have to take some risk on fourth downs, on some goal to goes. You cannot play conservative at all against this team. Mahomes is not gonna make mistakes. He's only lost one playoff game, I believe, and that was in overtime. He's lost. They. He's lost one game since the last. The last year's. Playoff start something in the last year he's like twenty five and one. He lost to the Vegas this year. Yeah, they lost to the Raiders. I mean, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen anybody play the quarterback position as well as what Patrick Mahomes is playing it right now? Well, <laughs> I uh, I was going to give you my Eli answer, but I'll be true. You can't do it. You can't do. You can't even do that with a fucking straight face. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'll be truthful about it. Uh, he's just unfucking real. I mean, the I've never even as, as a, a whole team, a unit. It's like they know they're so much better than everyone they're playing, and they get bored, and they just do they're, dumb shit to entertain. They're themselves. a basketball. They're a basketball team that'll fast break you. Yeah, they're That's exactly uh, it. And then the the, the play calling. Andy Reid's not getting enough credit. Patrick Mahomes, probably since Tom Brady. I always said Tom Brady landed in the most perfect situation of any player ever because who else would choose a six-round pick over a big-time money quarterback like, like Belichick did? He's the only coach during that time that would make that unconventional decision, which I thought made that the perfect landing spot for Tom Brady. I've changed my mind. Patrick Mahomes landed in the most perfect situation I've ever seen. 
know, Kelsey and Hill and Watkins and those dudes, they've been there. They play with Alex Smith. You know, they, they've been there. And you put in Patrick Mahomes, it's a whole new team. He has unlimited arm. He can throw the ball to any blade of grass on the field. He has the fastest player in the NFL, and he has the best play caller in the NFL. Their use of misdirections and motions and killing people, Tyreek Hill in that deep crossing route, is unstoppable. But Travis Kelsey can beat corners. He runs routes like a receiver, catches like a receiver, and the size of a tight end. He's unstoppable. the Cincinnati Bearcats. Right? Representing Cleveland. You know, go ahead. But I think uh, when they get out there, I mean, that's the mismatch is Kelsey. Because, yeah. <clears throat> you know, yeah, you can, you know, fucking double, triple team Tyreek Hill. So hoping that he can't beat you deep. But then you you can't, there's nobody that's guarding Kelsey as a linebacker. I mean, he like you said, he's beating corners. So a, a linebacker can't guard him. One of the and frustrating like, things, I was rooting for Buffalo. In the previous week, I was rooting for the Browns. Yeah. So I watched the Chiefs really close for two weeks. And the most frustrating thing is, every time Mahomes throws the ball, first off, he has no pressure because you can't blitz the guy because his numbers against the blitz are astronomical. He knows where his hot routes are. He knows the offense. He knows what everybody on the field is doing. But the fact that with all the misdirection and play action and motion – Every time he throws the ball to somebody, the dude's wide open. Very rarely is Travis Kelsey out there making contested catches. You know where the ball is going, and you can't fucking stop it. It's it's and that's a credit to Andy Reid, man. Yeah, like I said, they're they're a football team that they were, I guess as a comparison as Loyola Marymount. Yeah. They're that eighty, you know, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and all them. Or they're scoring 140 and 50 a game. <laughs> I mean, they just, you got to outscore them. And listen, if they're going to lose, if they're going to lose, you got one of the smartest fuckers in football coming. You know, you're going to his, his home field. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady can fucking, he can find a way. But the way I think is going to be Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. And that's and also, slow the slow the game down and dink and dunk. We'll we'll give we'll give a really in-depth preview of the Super Bowl next week. Like I really want to go over the top with it because I yep. love the Super Bowl so much. It's my favorite sporting event. So I, I'm really excited to break it down. For me, you have got to got to got to get to Patrick Mahomes. I think that Tampa Bay with that defensive line, you know, you have Ndama Kinsu, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett. Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul wrecks the Green Bay Packers game plan. I won't say nothing, but Jason Pierre-Paul's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that I feel like the, the the secondary, well, first they have great linebackers in Tampa Bay, especially Levante David, uh-huh. unbelievable talent. And then the secondary for the, uh, the Bucks, you know, the way they were, I thought that the mistake the Rams made against the Packers especially Devontae Adams was trying to have Jalen Ramsey travel with him. And then you saw the particular play with Roger Adams going in motion back and forth. 
And then Rodgers hitting right off the snap on the goal line. Remember I texted, that was a be- beautiful play, and Ramsey just yep. couldn't get there. Yep. Where the Bucks, they were passing receivers off. That's the only, uh, to me, they have, you can't let Patrick Mahomes, I know everybody's scared to death of blitzing. They have two safeties, 20 yards off the ball, not blitzing the guy. It's basically a seven-on-seven drill for him. Got to find a way to no. And Bruce Arians says it: no risk it, no biscuit, man. You've got to try to get after him. And I think with his, uh, he has turf toe right now. Mobility is a little limited. We saw that uh, against Buffalo. I, I think it, I think it can be done. Will it be done? We'll talk about next week. Can no. it be done? I believe it can be done. Will it be done? Could be another question. Right. But, uh, kudos to Buffalo Bills. A fantastic season. They went, what, 13-3, and got two playoff wins. Josh Allen's probably going to get a few MVP votes. They've got to find a way to get a running game. They're real fast on defense. I love their safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And Tredavious White, their, their corner. I think they have some, a lot of speed on defense. Got to get a running game. Maybe get another receiver in there to go along with Beasley, who's a hell of a slot receiver, and digs on the outside. And maybe a reliable tight end. But... It's Buffalo. They're going to be good for a long time, but it's just right now. And the Buffalo Bills were saying it like they they said they got to train in the off season to beat the Chiefs. The Browns got to train in the off season if they want to go to the Super Bowl. You got to beat the Chiefs. That's what makes the AFC so tough right now. Yeah, and we talked about it, you know, all year basically. Is whoever came out of the AFC was going to be beat to hell. I mean. You know, this this game for the Chiefs wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't as physical as the week before because the Browns were out there, they were hitting. I mean, ask Patrick Mahomes. They weren't out there bullshitting. Uh, that game, to me, was a lot more physical and took more of a, I think, took more out of the Chiefs than what this week did. And so I'm kind of, but they get two weeks to rest and all that. You know, and Brady gets two weeks to game plan. And like like you said, you get he's to me, he's one of the smartest fucking players in the league, if not the smartest. And he's gonna get with them coaches. They're gonna try to devise a game plan that maybe that no one's tried yet on the Chiefs. Like I said, it, whatever they come out in, I'm I won't be shocked if it happens. But like I said, we'll talk about it. Um you know, next week on the show when we preview it, and I'll give uh, some more thoughts on that. So, and I thought the Browns, as crazy as it sounds, had the best chance to beat the Chiefs with Mahomes going down. They did, and that's the Bills fans were praying, and that's nobody wants to see these motherfuckers roll into town. No, <laughs> no, I saw the way the playoff bracket shook out. I was like, ugh. Kansas City in the second round. We get past Pittsburgh. We start off 11-0, even though they're frauds. Still so, can't help yeah. throwing daggers. <laughs> but we will see. Um, you ready to talk about a little quarterback carousel action? Well, I wanted to know who won that and what's our overall records. Oh, Jesus Christ. Chiefs won. You went 2-0. I went 0-2. Yep. You stand at 154 and 91. I am at 152 and 93. I'll tell you. 
You ready to talk some quarterback carousel? <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So the way I see it right now, we do this every year with quarterbacks jumping teams and offseason stuff like that. I've targeted nine quarterbacks, which I think could be on the move. We're going to talk about some of them quarterbacks and where we think they could end up. I'm just going to give you the names. How you want? Do you want to give me all the names or you want to go one by one? It, do, it doesn't matter. Whatever you, uh, whatever you okay, want to so do. Okay, so basically the teams, the player that I name and his team could be looking for a quarterback. And I'm also going to add a few more teams to that list. Some of these will be taken care of in the draft. So first off, we have Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett started for the Colts all 16 games in 2019. Last year, he backed up Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers retired. Hmm. A lot of teams looking for quarterbacks here, Barry. I'm just going to name yeah. some real quick on top of the on top of the Colts we just named. So you're looking at the Colts, Steelers, Jets, Panthers, 49ers, Patriots. I could say Jags, but they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. So I'll put an asterisk by them. Jacoby Brissett, um, you know what? I honestly think this seems like a New England signing to me. Familiar with the culture, was drafted there, played well when Brady was out with the deflate gate for them. Also played well for the Colts in 2019 and ran a lot of short yardage and Hail Mary and deep throws and stuff like that for him as well. I think unless Belichick either goes to the draft or makes a big free agent splash, I think this could be a nice affordable option for the Patriots. You know, it could be. Um, I... You know, I could see a, uh, you know, a, a Deshaun Watson maybe going to the Colts, but J- uh, Jacoby, I'm, man, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised even if he stayed. Um, he, you know, he brings, he's multi versatile. You know, um, man. I'm, you know what? I'm going to kind of agree with you and maybe say Belichick uh, maybe signs him or he stays with the Colts. Yeah, to me, it just makes perfect sense for him. He was a third-round pick by the Patriots. They know that Apparently, they loved him over there, so we'll see. I, I mean, he did well for Indianapolis the year he started, and I thought that he served well for Rivers as a backup as far as like being ready to come in the game, run short yards and things like that. I think he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. They have got to get more receivers. they got to get talent around him in New England. I don't think he's a guy that's going to go out there and win a game by himself. But to me, he's a serviceable guy that won't lose you a game either. Next up, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Career German, played on half the teams in the league. Start of the year as a starter for the Miami Dolphins. Got benched for Tua, which I thought was a mistake. I talked about that many times. Dolphins are going to be more than $23 million on the cap. To me, I don't, you know, I love the idea of the veteran quarterback mentoring the rookie. So I'm going to go ahead and say 
Ryan Fitzpatrick stays. Or yeah. or this could be a guy, this could be a plug and play guy in Detroit. Assuming and they're going to trade Matt Stafford. Yeah, I was going to say I think uh, Fitzpatrick stays just because Tua is right now he's that run first. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he takes a big shot and goes down early. Fitzpatrick's, you know, steps right in. So I think he stays. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's he's the perfect NFL backup. Because he's played so many years of stories, not like a guy like uh, Chase Daniel or a Colt McCoy or Blaine Gabbard or a lot of guys who back up in the league who like basically failed as starters. And then they spent the, they have, basically they've been getting NFL contracts because they haven't been exposed by playing. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, to me, this is a guy that you would trust to have back there. Like I always think Andy Dalton is a great NFL backup. Which is a guy who we could add to this list easily. We're not going to talk about today. But the guy who you can trust is going to play. He's seen defenses. He's experienced. You know how he's going to react. He's comfortable with how he's going to react. So guys get hired and fired with who they play at quarterback in the NFL. And I think that he's a real good insurance policy. Next up, we have Cam Newton. Cam spent all but one of his years with the Carolina Panthers. Spent the last year with the New England Patriots. That was a bit of a bust. Had a rough year. He also suffered from COVID, which could have added to those struggles. He had a lot of injuries in, in Carolina. Guy in his early 30s. Now, what makes this interesting is you have the Washington football team sitting out there without a quarterback. Ron Rivera, who coached Cam for most of his career in Carolina, and there's talks of Cam getting a two, three-year deal in Washington, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Because Ron Rivera obviously wants to be able to trust his quarterback. Yeah, like he said, he's he wasn't he's even fucking with Haskins. He wants to trust his guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he wasn't putting up with any Haskins of shit. And like you said, it's how it's rare that for a a coach to bring a player in uh, of that stature uh, that he used to coach and already have the rapport with him, kind of already has the system, and they don't have to start completely all over. So yeah, I, I think that's a yeah, I think that's a good signing. Next up, don't have too much fun with this one, Barry. <laughs> Dak Prescott. He gone. Dak, he's obviously covering off coming off a devastating ankle injury. Um, it, I said I've been saying all year, probably the only guy to ever have that kind of injury and make more money for himself. Once that big contract. Dallas could franchise him, even though it would be fucking pricey and they are having cap issues as it is. I do think Dallas will franchise him to see what he can do. And then next year he plays well. That's when he gets the contract. I've always thought the perfect fit for Dak for a team not named the Dallas Cowboys, which I think he's a perfect fit for. But if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm licking my lips. I would sell the farm to try to get him in San Francisco. So I feel like all they need over there is a quarterback. Yeah. You know, I. But I think he gets the franchise tag from Dallas. I do think he does. I Yeah, I, as as fun as it'd be for me to see him get the fuck out of town. 
you know, I think I think Jerry Jones is bound and determined to sign him. So he'll probably still be there. Dude, there's teams in the NFL that spend years looking for franchise quarterbacks. And Dallas has one in the building. They do, but how's he going to come back on that? I mean. They said 100%. Well, they say there's a lot of shit people say. It's not like I he's got, like. I got to see him play. It's not like he's Lamar. That's true. You know, it's too. not like he's it's not like he's running. Like Dak's a throw first quarterback. He's a pocket passer that can, that, ha, that so happens can move. Right. So to me, yeah, I I just I just pay the guy. But what what would you say to this? This is just a little uh, dipsy doodle there down in uh, that Texas area. You know, throw Deshaun Watson in at Dallas for Dallas and. You know, send Dak on his way. I do like Deshaun Watson better than Dak. I do think that it, it's not a, like a lot more because I, I I really like Dak. I'm not an anti-Dak guy, but if I had to choose between the two, probably going to choose Watson just because his mobility does make a difference and he can throw. He's a quarterback that he's a dual threat, right? But he doesn't rely. But he doesn't rely on his legs. Yeah, and with Dallas has weapons. I mean, yeah. And for you know, I, I think that would be a dangerous duo, and I hope it don't happen. And I've always thought, and this isn't. I guess it is kind of a bash, but it just is what it is. Dak's always been vulnerable to the untimely turnover. That's right. To To the untimely bad decision. I feel like Watson's a better decision maker. He has better arm talent and better legs. I think leadership's probably neck and neck. They seem like they love Dak and Dallas. Yeah. But if I had to choose between the two, I would choose Watson myself. That's right. Uh, Next up, guy who I think we'd be talking about, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously... Guy's going to win the MVP this year. Went to the NFC Championship game again. Uh, threw 48 touchdown passes. Injury-free all year. But Aaron Rodgers said his, certain, his future was uncertain. Now, he said today on the Pat McAfee show that he kind of meant that was more on Green Bay side of thing because he's under contract. So I can see what he was saying. I mean, do you trade Aaron Rodgers, dude? One of the top 10 quarterbacks in the history of the game. He's and then got, you got his home, and his hometown team is looking for a quarterback. By the way, yeah. we're going to be. Yeah, he's got four years left on his deal. I honestly don't think he's. I don't think he's leaving uh, Green Bay. Like I said, they fucking love him out here. Yeah, they love I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think that was a lot of emotion. Fifteen minutes after he walked out of the locker room crying with one of his teammates after a devastating loss, the yeah. emotions are running extremely high. I don't think Green Bay is going to make that decision until they have to. And he's, I mean, I saw literally zero decline from the guy this year. So, yeah, to me, he stays in Green Bay. Yeah, and he he doesn't get beat up a lot. Green Bay's a six-win football team. Green Bay's a six-win football team without him, by the way. Uh, You're preaching to the choir, brother. I got to watch him every week. (laughs) So what he's done with, I mean, they just put basically just like service of NFL receivers around him, and he makes them look great. 
other than Devontae Adams, who is great. I was going to say, Devontae's the best. Next up, this is a – to me, this is the funnest one to talk about. Matt Stafford. Obviously, number one overall pick. Spent his entire career with the Detroit Lions. Uh, going to be a salary cap hit of $33 million this year. To me, the absolute perfect spot, this is what everyone keeps saying, it just makes tons of sense, is the Indianapolis Colts. They have 60, $61 million in projected cap space. Phillip Rivers retired. There's other teams that can afford it. Apparently, like the Patriots, the Jets, the Jaguars could afford to make a move. I expect the Jaguars to address their needs in the draft. Not so much, not so sure about the Jets. Uh, yeah, I mean, Stafford, 32 years old. I think he's one of the best arms in the NFL. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's just – he has been a great quarterback playing for the Detroit Lions. They would be way far worse than what they were without him. And I thought they were already pretty bad. They had nobody around him. I think he's gutsy as hell. I think if you put him in a winning situation, in a winning culture, he would absolutely flourish. To me, yeah, to me, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I was. Uh, that would be a good fit. I, you know, and like I said, there's a couple places he could go. San Francisco, risk. That's, you know, they that that team comes up the most, doesn't it? Yeah, they took Jimmy Garoppolo, and he just didn't work out. And Stafford, I think, is a couple steps probably above where Jimmy G is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stafford's a winner. And, I mean, man, give him those backs. Give him that defense. Uh, Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, that could be, you know, listen, that's a dangerous fucking combination right there. Yeah. I mean, that's. To me, the 49ers have to make a move at the quarterback position. They have that great defense. They have those good running backs. They have good rece- They have everything but a quarterback. Yep. So, to me, yeah, I would sell the farm for one of these young quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan would be amazing to watch. That would be beautiful football. Kyle Shanahan, again, one of the best play callers in the NFL. We had him in Cleveland for a little bit. He made Brian Hoyer look amazing, which is tough to do. Yeah, I mean... Shout out Brian Hoyer. Next up, I have Mitchell Trubisky written down, but this is more of like a Bears thing because they've been kind of a hot topic on our show. So Mitch Trubisky, I think, will go somewhere and be a backup. I think he'll get not a lot of money. He'll get a chance to possibly prove himself, but he'll he's I think to me he's a career backup. But the Bears, very, very, very interesting situation. I think a lot of these quarterbacks we're going to talk about the Bears, again, another team. Good defense, good running back. Hopefully they can bring Allen Robinson back. Jimmy Graham, I don't know what his situation is. They got Anthony Miller. They got a couple of good receivers. They were a quarterback away. They made the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. I thought they were a quarterback away from being a 12-win football team. They did, they did lose some close games. So they got to get one of the guys on this list. And Mitch Trubisky, he's got to walk. He'll be a backup somewhere. So, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I I could see Trubisky staying. I it's crazy. That's a tough to situation say. to stay for a team that didn't pick up your option, though. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but I could also see, uh, you know, kind of see him going, you know, he could maybe the Texans if they get rid of Deshaun Watson. They enjoy losing down there, so fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing him out there. All right, since you bring up the name, next name on the list, and probably the, this, uh, probably the, I said Stafford is the funnest. This is probably the funnest name to talk about. Deshaun Watson. Very unhappy with his situation down there. Signed a big money contract. Was mad about some of He wanted Eric Bieniemy to get a uh, interview. I do like the idea of quarterbacks using their leverage. I think that when you pay somebody that much money, they're not so much of employees. They are a partner. Especially because so much of the success of the franchise falls on the quarterback's shoulders. So I have no problem. And a lot of people are saying that he just needs to shut up and play. Da, da, da. I'm, I think we're past that point in the world of sports. I think when a guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and he represents, he's the face of a franchise, his voice should be heard. I ain't mad about that at all. But the Sean Watson, I think the Bears are a great fit. I think if I'm the Bears, I do whatever I can to bring him in. San Francisco is the absolute perfect fit. There's talks of him saying he wants to either play for the Jets, number one, or the Dolphins, number two. I don't understand why he would want to play for the Jets. Unless he just wants to play in New York, that's the only thing. But there, that's not a franchise coverage. That's not a franchise you look at. Yeah, I mean, but look who you're playing for, and look at the media coverage attached to that. Yeah, oh, I get it, I get it. Um, like I said, to to me, I I'd like to fucking watch him, and well, I wouldn't like to, but if he went to Dallas, if Dak walked, I would fuck. I mean, that's I don't tough. think they're. But I, the thing is, I don't think they're going to have the assets. Right. They have cap issues already. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't I don't know if that's even feasible. Right. I was just saying I, where I, I think I... that Miami's a very attractive situation, particularly if the Texans can get Tua back in a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe and maybe the Texans get their number three overall pick back. How crazy would that be? That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, I think San Francisco is the ideal fit. I think as far as like What's best for the National Football League? I think that would be Chicago. Big market staple franchise. Hasn't had a quarterback in years, really. I think that would be an absolute great, great, great fit. I don't understand when he said he wanted to go to New York. That didn't make sense to me, though. My absolute worst nightmare is he somehow goes to the Steelers. Right. That's my absolute fucking nightmare, just as as a Browns fan. I still wonder what the Steelers are going to do with the quarterback position. I think... I think they'll bring Ben back. I think that'll be a mistake. But, yeah, to me, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Watson to the 49ers makes the most sense. I think he'll end up in Chicago. Okay. Or he could be stuck in Houston. (laughs) Yeah, because nobody wants to take that uh, contract on. But may, what about Denver? Or give or give up the assets to take on the contract. Maybe it's a better way to say it. Yeah, what about Denver? Well, yeah, Drew, there's another get one. Drew, get Drew Locke out of there, and, you know, you got Jerry Judy. I mean, you got some some things going there. Noah Fant? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denver's also – that's another attractive spot. I, I, I don't hate it. You know, with a new GM coming in, obviously, but, you know, Elway's still, like, going to be pseudo in charge. But with a new GM coming in, I mean, you never know. 
But I, I mean, I've been on this train all year. The Bears have got to address their quarterback situation if they want to do anything. Next up, a guy who I've talked about many times, and I obviously mentioned with the Bears a lot, Jameis Winston. Uh, back up for, well, I guess he was relegated to third string. He signed with New Orleans for a team-friendly deal. They are, the Saints are $112 million over the salary cap. Uh. So they're going to be trimming a lot of the fat off that, which as a Browns fan, there's talk of them like trading or cutting Marshawn Lattimore. Ooh. I think that would be an absolute perfect fit in Cleveland. Played in Ohio from Cleveland. We need secondary help. We have assets. We have money. But for me, New Orleans, Winston, I think he stays. I think the the Taysom Hill experiment didn't go as well. I think I actually could have been more of a long-term smokescreen by Sean Payton. I think it's Jameis Winston. I think that he stays in New Orleans, and he's our next quarterback, and I think he will flourish under the uh, watchful eye and play calling of Sean Payton. Yeah, I think he stays as well. I mean, they got Breeze telling him it's his team now and yada, yada. The big, you know, the big hoopla, the hype. Um, And we'll see what he does. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got Alvin Kamar down there, fucking gangster. So he's got Michael Thomas down there. I mean, he's got Jared. He's got weapons. And if he can't flourish down there, then, you know, it might be. Might be that time for famous Jameis. And I think you got teams like the Jets, Panthers, addressing. No, I have that. Jets, Panthers, Lions, Jaguars will address their quarterback needs in the draft. So, which leads us to our next thing is, you know, Daniel Jeremiah came out with his mock draft top 50 college prospects. For 2021, and it was awfully surprising, Barry. Mm. Awfully surprising. First overall rated he had was Trevor Lawrence. No surprise there. Sorry. Had a little video playing in the background there. No surprise there. Trevor Lawrence at number one. What does surprise me is number two, Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. Now, you're an SEC guy. Who do you take, Chase or Devontae Smith? I take I take Devontae Smith. I think all day. I mean, I don't even think that's a question. And, you know, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, to me, is, is going to be a fucking bust in the league. I mean, yeah, sure, you get out, you run, and all that's all cool in college. But who the fuck is he out running in the pros? He's going to get lit up. He's going to be fucking the Dollar General fucking Taysom Hill. And I, to me, he's, he's going to be a bust. He's not even, man. I mean, he can, he's a top, I think there's three or four quarterbacks, maybe even five that you can put in front of him and be good. To me, and I'm a Buckeye hater, I fucking do everything I can to, you know, disrespect them at all points in our show. <laughs> but but Justin Fields is a fucking, he's a goddamn gangster. And mm-hmm. that dude is NFL ready 
to me, that's the best quarterback in the draft. And, and, I don't, and I don't think it's close. Because Daniel Jeremiah has him rated as the fourth rated quarterback in this draft. I'm also looking at another mock draft from CBS mock draft. They have Fields as the fifth rated quarterback behind Mac Jones as well. So they got Lawrence, Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin. They have Justin Fields going 15 to the to the Patriots. Listen, Mac Jones is thrown to Devontae Smith in the fucking SEC East, you know. And I'm just saying, wide open. And he's wide open. He's not getting touched. <laughs> I mean, other than my my volunteers having a fucking top tier defense. I mean, I think we only gave up 40 a game. <laughs> but I mean, listen. That dude fucking no fucking way. I mean, like, and some of these guys, like I said, Trey Lance at North Dakota State. Let me just go through some names here. Go ahead. So we have Lawrence one, Chase two, three, Kyle Pitts, four, Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU, five, Caleb Fairley, six, Rashawn Slater, ahead of Penny Sewell, which is crazy to me, Devontae Smith, seven. Eight Jalen Waddle, nine Micah Parsons, ten Penny Seal, eleven Trey Lance, twelve Justin Fields. That is absolutely astounding to me. So I mean, obviously this is going. I feel like mock drafts and rankings, and whether it be Mel Kiper, whether it be Daniel Jeremiah, whether it be Todd McShay. They all vary. They're all different. Then we have the draft, and it doesn't really come to fruition. So this is we're going to talk a lot of NFL draft coming up. I'm excited about that. I was, and I'm going to have I got a couple guests in mind who we're going to bring in who are really like in tune with the NFL draft. We're not going to have the combine this year, but like the Senior Bowl and pro days, a lot of guys I know that are really, really, really in tune and study this stuff. So I'm really excited to bring them on. Have and I have you pepper them with questions. Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State, got some injury issues. I mean it's. I listen. I watched almost every snap Justin Fields took as a Buckeye. I don't fourth. I mean that's 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 tough. That's tough. I mean I I went from two weeks ago to being like the Jets are taking Justin Fields no matter what, and then to the Jets are taking Devontae Smith no matter what. To now like I don't fucking know. I have no idea. But I will tell you that. And this is completely biased. And Chris Rucker, our friend from Boot to the Face, completely biased as well. He went to the same high school as dude. Justin Fields is going to be a dog in the NFL. So I'm excited for that. And yeah, the, the, I saw these rankings. And I want to talk about it because I saw Justin Fields at four. Ugh. Penny Sewell, nine. Whoa. Or ten. Whoa. You know, so Devontae Smith, seven. So we'll we'll see. We're gonna talk about this a lot more. It'll be good stuff. All right. And the last thing we're gonna talk about today, a little bit a little bit more of my wheelhouse. I'm happy Barry wants to talk about it. The 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame voting. They have to, they held the voting. They they held the voting. They released the results today, which is January 26th. And for the first time since what year, Barry? 1960. Not a single player received the 75% threshold to be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling received 71.1, Barry Bonds 61.8, Roger Clemens 61.6, Scott Rowland 
Owen Riskell, 49.1. That's pretty much the top five. A lot to digest. A lot. Um, steroid guys, I don't think are getting in, buddy. It's not looking good. Unless the narrative and opinion drastically changes on them in the next few years, I don't see it happen. If Barry Bonds is only getting 61%, shit ain't happening. Kurt Schilling, um, 71.1. He's obviously said some crazy things on the internet. His, I believe his, no, his Twitter account's not suspended because he was going back and forth with Jose Canseco today, which is <laughs> wild, but okay. Right. But Kurt Schilling was one of the best big game pitchers in the history of baseball. He was one of the most dominant pitchers of his generation, multiple Cy Youngs, World Series ring with the Arizona Diamondbacks and and Boston Red Sox. The bloody in 2004. Sox. That game six he pitched in the world in the ALCS was one of the most monumental starts in the history of the game with the bloody sock. We can talk about the validity of that in another show. But to me, and a guy who never came up in steroid conversations, you're keeping a guy out for his personal views. But I have a Hall of Fame that has Ty Cobb in it. So that's that's unfair. And I, I'm listen. I don't like Kurt Schilling at all. I think he's a dick. I think some of the stuff he says is fucking asinine. I think he's a conspiracy theory guy. I think he's not healthy on social media as far as like what he can make people believe with his influence. But as far as between the lines, dude was a Hall of Famer. And it says that uh, in 2017 he and, and also he didn't he didn't fuck with the integrity of the game. So if any of the Pete Rose haters come at me about oh, the white line statement, he never messed with the integrity of the game either. Go ahead. Um, he had 45 percent of the vote in 2017, and it climbed to 70 percent in this year. Um, yeah, like it. Man, there's still some of those games I like can vividly recall. Big yeah. game, dominant pitcher. I was on my way back from fucking Florida, and I hit. I think we got into Ashland, Kentucky, and actually picked up the World Series, uh, the Diamondbacks and Yankee that Yankees series or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and li- and just listening to that, and the Diamondbacks, they ran out. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. Randy Johnson, <laughs> Kurt Schilling, and you were fucked. Fucked. I mean, there was nothing. You couldn't do anything. Because you're like, look, they're pitching at least four or five of these seven games, whatever it goes to. In the game seven, they start Schilling and then bring out Randy Johnson out of the bullpen. Right. What the fuck you going to do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you supposed to do? And then was it little Craig uh, Council? Craig Council, sort of Luis so, Gonzalez, Reggie Sanders on that team. Yeah, that was that was a really good team. Yeah, the little bloop that won it. That was Luis Gonzalez. Well, yeah. So I mean, fifty home that, runs that year. Ass was a pin cushion, but go ahead. I mean, a true legend of the game. He don't he don't pay for a beer down in Arizona. He as he nor he should should he. <laughs> but I mean, and then like you said, you got the that Red Sox team that he was on. Fucking I mean, look who they ran out. 
I mean, him, Pedro, I mean, just dominant fucking pitching. And in the midst of all that, I just said, you got Barry Bonds, who them motherfuckers didn't want to see. They didn't want to see Barry Bonds come up to the plate. Because he didn't give a fuck about none of them, and he was going to hit a home run and just keep shrugging his shoulders when they asked him if he was doing steroids. Barry Bonds was the most dumb. And I'm sorry for Ken Griffey Jr. fans. I'm sorry for Mike Trout fans. Don't even say it. He. I'm going to make Ted Williams fans mad here, too. Barry Bonds was the best hitter to ever walk the face of the earth. No uh, doubt about it. Well, when, I saw, when I saw Buck Showalter intentionally walk the man with the bases loaded with a two-run lead, <laughs> I knew that was the most dominant hitter to ever walk the face of the earth. You couldn't pitch to the man. Now, say what you want about steroids. Say what, da, 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 I don't give a fuck. That dude, you couldn't pitch to him. No. At all. And, and he was getting intentionally walked like that before he took steroids. <laughs> I think it was Greg Maddox that said, that he goes, he was the easiest person to pitch to. And they said, what do you mean? He goes, because you just walk him if it mattered. <laughs> I mean, you don't pitch to him. If it matters, you don't pitch to him. And that's what he was saying was, you just walk him. If you ever want to see a dominant hitting performance, go back to the World Series against the Anaheim Angels. And the Angels pitchers, God bless them, they would have these three, four-run leads. And the competitor in them would want to challenge Barry Bonds. And that would be a mistake every time. Five home runs, like 450 average, absolutely insane. The most dominant player in the series. The most dominant player I've ever seen. The only thing you could ever knock Barry Bonds on ever was maybe his arm in left field. Everything else was... Hall of Fame worthy. And it just sucks that he did what he did and it changed people's view because I thought that prior to 1999, just his performance in the 90s alone, he was already a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. You're talking 40, 40, 30, 50s, multiple MVPs, gold gloves, everything, everything, everything but a World Series ring. So um, it, it's, it's a shame. Roger Clemens... Another you know, big game dominant pitcher. Piece of shit. My but God. dominant pitcher, multiple Cy Youngs, clear cut steroid guy. But I mean it's just it is what it is, man. It, it really it really sucks. Um, I and, thought Omar Raskel, I thought Omar Raskel getting fifth behind Scott Rowland, not even getting fifty percent was a bit criminal. Felt, I know that's probably the homer in me. And I this listen to me. It, I don't give a fuck who it is. Defensive defensive player. There ain't a motherfucker that I'm taking over his glove in the field that I've seen since Ozzy. I mean, Ozzy. But I, don't, I still, Ozzy was flashy, blah, blah, blah. If you hit the fucking ball to Omar Vizquel, you were out. That was I'll, send you a, I'll, send, I'll send you a video later. But some of the most beautiful baseball you'll ever see is when the Indians had Omar Vizquel short and Robbie Alomar. Robbie Alomar. I mean, that was just, I mean, those dudes turned double plays I'm using their gloves. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, and that's what I said. And defensive, 
He's the best defensive player, infield defensive player I've fucking I've seen. And and I'm not a huge baseball guy. I could be wrong. I doubt it. But I'll take Omar Vizquel's glove fucking any day of the week. I mean, he was arguably. I mean, I'm not gonna say hard. He was one of the the best defensive shortstops in the history of the game. He's right. Why Derek Jeter doesn't have multiple, multiple, like tons of Gold Glove awards. I mean, his his impact on those '90s Indians teams was unbelievable. He played for a long time. I believe like 2,500 career hits. There's a little too much emphasis, I believe, put on offensive numbers. Baseball writers are fickle. Oh, I'm watching the 2005 Royal Rumble, by the way. I'm just beating the shit out of fucking Daniel Pewter right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Side note on some wrestling. But to, I don't know. It's it, it's a shame. It really is. And steroids are going to make the Hall of Fame voting murky for the next five, ten years, dude. And I'm looking at the name Gary Sheffield. Probably should be a Hall of Famer. But, you know, steroids are around his name. Todd Helton. People are saying because he played in Colorado. Colorado, yeah. So that's it's Remember, it's a shame where it? we are in baseball. Do I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying when the Rockies came out, they had Larry Walker, Andre Scalaraga, uh, Vinny Castilla. Todd, yeah, I mean they had fucking 40, 50 home run guys all all up and down their lineup. I mean, oh, based. All right, and like you said earlier, next year's ballot will include sluggers A-Rod, David Ortiz, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, and Tim, Tim Lincecum. Barry, I think we're having another year we don't get a, we don't get a Hall of Famer. Maybe, 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 depending on how David Ortiz, and I'm always saying this because this is voted on by the baseball writers. They're such a fickle group that – they probably are rejoicing and keeping Barry Bonds out right now because they hated him so much. Right. But at the, at the other side of the coin, I believe this is a group of people that may give David Ortiz a pass because he gave him so much access and was so nice to him and beloved. personable and beloved and yada, yada, yada. It has and, rings to go with it. And he fucking listened. That shit he did in that World Series run and the ALCS I guess the Yankees run. in 04, yeah. That yeah. was crazy. I mean, that shit of fucking let that there that shit'll be talked about long after we're fucking gone. So I'm gonna I go mean, ahead and say sixty four I'm gonna go ahead and say sixty forty yes on David Ortiz. Yeah, I, I think he get him he gets him. I just everybody did. else I named A Rod, Rollins, Howard, Linscombe, Teixeira, no. See Tim Lincecum so. struck he had like All right, two, that's all I got to Sorry, I was just gonna say. I Tim feel like Linscombe. with Linscombe, I feel like with Linscombe, though, that you don't have. I feel like Linscombe, you don't have the career longevity right. required, which really hurts him. But he would, at his prime during that short period of time, that four or five years, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. He was Hall of Fame performer. To me, it just didn't last long enough. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. He he had that run there for you know, like I said, four or five years where he was. The guy, he was a dominant guy, and he won what two World Series? They did. They yeah. won two World Series. But I mean, he wasn't really as impactful in the World Series teams he was before. Right. So yeah, I mean, but I could, I could, I, I got a lot of stories on Tim Lincecum. He's, he, and I'm sure Jeff Toon from Fully Posable does as well. He was, 
a freakish, freakish talent. Unfortunately, he just didn't have the, the body to uh, match it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, that's I think that was a good baseball talk. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I really you, you know, I did. Hopefully I, I hold up, though. You Hopefully, did. I, you did. You I'm did, not a did well. All right. Um, do you got anything else? That's it, brother. That's it. Send us home, bro. All right, man. Again, thank everybody for listening to uh, DTF Does Sports. You know, this is uh, kind of something new. We started there a couple months ago, leading into the playoffs and the regular season. And it just, uh, the fan following has kind of caught on, taken off. People love it. And uh, we love doing it. And, you know, if you guys have any suggestions or anything like that, uh, you know, email us, get a hold of us. We're on Twitter at BFrost28 is mine. Uh, Eric, drop the credentials, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but of course, always follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Doing the Favor. Wherever you get your podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We do uh, two shows a week. We do a wrestling and wrestling merchandise show. We call it Figs and Merch, and we also do a sports show. So thank you, everyone, that supports us. Thank you for the downloads. They've been great. We've had great months, and let's keep it going. Absolutely. Thank you guys again. Have a great day, good night, and God bless. Yeah. It goes one, two, three into the four. Eric Abaria up with DTF, and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time. Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind. Just a few more days until we're back live. We'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah Doing the favor Doing the favor uh, Doing the favor Until next time, doing the favor.